0: Well, Happy New Year. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm Pastor Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and I was actually the one who, who told Doug this morning when I saw him, you're not supposed to be here today. I had to go into my office and write a whole new sermon because there's some things I was comfortable saying if he was watching online, but not him right in front of me. But... No, I do. Uh, I do want to do. I want to challenge you guys to do something before we get started today. Um, just as we kind of start this new year in our in this holiday season, I'm real big on uh, honoring leaders, uh, and that we should honor and respect our leaders. And um, maybe like a Christmas gift from me, a late Christmas New Year gift from me to the rest of the staff. If you could just like get out your phone and pick one staff member. So you can, don't pick me, you can pick Doug and Laura, Jack and Karen, Brian and Amber, Justin and Abby, Drew and Crystal, and just just send them a quick text, just letting them know that you love them uh, and appreciate them. Um, Or if you don't have anyone's number or a way to contact them, after service, if you would just find one of them. and just let them know you love them and appreciate them. Um, we love all of them and appreciate them, and we're grateful uh, to be here and uh, serve with these people. Um, I just think that'd be a nice gesture. Also, if you have Brett Wilson's phone number, uh, you could text him too. He's homesick today. Uh, but just let him know you love him and appreciate him because I beat him in fantasy football last week and ended his season. So he's kind of down in the dumps. So if you could text him as well, that would be nice. Um, a little gift from me to you, Brett. So, man, uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be up here this morning. I think, um, man, I just really, really, really believe that God is going to move in a powerful way today. So don't miss it. Um, and it's not, it's not because of anything I'm gonna do or say, it's nothing we could do as a staff, but it's because of who he is, but man, I believe that today, to ring in this new year, uh, that God is going to do amazing things here. I believe that there are going to be chains that are broken in this room today. I believe the trajectory of families are going to change in this room today. I believe that addicts are going to be set free today. I believe that generational curses that have been a part of families for generations are going to be torn apart today so don't miss it. I'm a short preacher, so lock in with me. Don't miss it. I do want to start uh, with just another word of prayer, so if you'll bow your heads with me. God, uh, I just ask that you just come and just flood this room today, God. Overwhelm us with your presence, God. Break our hearts where they need to be broken. Give us the words that we're meant to hear, God, God, I just pray that uh, everything I say today uh, won't be from me, but will be from you, God. And we just give you this time. We trust you to do with it what your will is, what you want. We just trust you with that, God. In your name we pray. Amen. So those of you who have your Bibles or your Bible apps... We're going to be looking at of 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start at verse 8 today. This is a story about Elisha the prophet uh, and a woman he meets. So verse 8 starts and says, One day Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. One day Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant Gehazi, Tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, Tell her, We appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you to the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried, O man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. So I believe a question God is asking us today is, what do you need? What do you need? Because the truth is, all of us need something, And sometimes we're scared to answer that question because what we need isn't always what we want. Like, let me put it this way you probably need money, but don't want to work hard. You need relationship, but don't want commitment. You need discipleship, but don't want accountability. Many times we won't admit what we need because we don't want to do what it takes to get there. We don't want to trust. We don't want to take the time. We don't want to give the effort. I remember um, there was a kid that uh, asked me one time uh, to kind of like mentor him in life and just help him. And uh, I was like all for that, like loved it, loved his ambition and all that. Uh, What what quickly came to realize is is the other side of mentorship, the accountability, the hard conversations, we don't want that. We need it, but we won't admit we need it because we don't want that. So Elijah asked this woman, what do you need? And she tells Elisha she doesn't need anything. She tries to hide it. But even when you hide it, God knows what you need. Even when you don't know, God knows. Even when you're afraid of it, God knows. God knows what you need. And God doesn't ask this to find out. He already knows. He asks this to make you aware of what you need. Do you know what you need? Because the truth is, for some of you, uh, maybe the thing that you've been chasing is something God never asked you to chase. Maybe the thing you've been desiring isn't something God ever designed for you. Elijah says to this woman, you need a son. And the son was significant in this story because Uh, The Bible tells us she was a wealthy woman and had no one to inherit her wealth, which was a big deal back then. No one to carry on their family name. Everything they had accomplished was going to be for nothing. Everything they'd put their whole life towards was just going to be a waste. But still, when asked what she needs... She says she doesn't need anything because she's scared to lose it. Sometimes we think it's, it's better to never have anything, to have something and lose it. But the beautiful part of this story is that uh, God says, I know what you need. Because I know what you've been through, I know what you've been walking through, and even though life doesn't look like what you thought it would look like right now, and even though you feel stuck, and this is, this is a word for somebody today. Some of you who feel stuck, maybe your, your lack of movement isn't actually movement, it's a positioning by God. Because God, God doesn't do coincidences. God doesn't do accidents. God is very strategic. Like a game of chess. I've gotten really into chess the last like two weeks. So if any of you play chess, let me know. Because Carly never wants to play with me. But God is strategic like a game of chess. There are moves you think you should make, but you have to slow down and look at the bigger picture. Maybe some of you need to slow down. Maybe you don't need to speed up because you're about to run into a destiny that God never meant for you. Maybe the reason you're stuck is because God is developing you in this. Maybe he's strengthening you in this. Maybe he's preparing you in this. So that when you're in that, later on, you can look back and say, God, it wasn't my will, but it was your will. It wasn't in my strength, but it was in your power. Because God is in the business of putting the right people in the right place at the right time. But far too often, we are busy trying to run to the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes even chasing things that we think are godly. And God says, I wish you would have stayed in this even though it's messy, even though it's confusing, even though it hurts, even though it doesn't make sense right now, because what I'm doing is so much greater, because what I can see is so much bigger than what you can see, because I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning of the end. Run your Race. We talk about this all the time. We get distracted looking to the left and to the right. But the Bible tells us God has set out a race for you and wants you to run your race. That was kind of not where I was going. So Carly and I, this is a bad transition because... Carly and I uh, went out to eat this week a couple of times, but uh, we went once back to my hometown uh, to get dinner with my dad um, at a little just local restaurant in Bellevue where I grew up, and we were walking in, and our waitress kind of showed us to our table, and we turned a corner to walk to our table, and all of a sudden, we heard, Brad, 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 and I like turned and I looked at this table, and it was um, this mom, I guess a grandma, it was a grandma and a mom, and then a girl, and then two like babies. And I was just super confused at first, and they started talking to me. And then I looked around the table, um, and I realized I, I know them. And I haven't been out of high school very long. So this is like the first time I'd ever experienced I like ran into someone from high school and didn't instantly recognize them. And uh, uh, it was, what it was, it was, it was two sisters um, who went to high school with me. One of them was a year older, one of them was a year younger than me, so I was right in between them. And their mom, and then the older sister has two babies now, um, so that was the group that was there. Uh, but I looked at the mom first, and I didn't, it didn't comprehend with me, uh, but they started talking to me, and... Just like a fun little fact. They had a pool, so like all of our friends always hung out at their house. Every time I was at their house, I would write their mom a note. Just, I know, so sweet. I was such a sweet <laughs> high school boy. Just like, uh, thank you for letting us stay at your house or use your pool, because she was usually like at work or asleep or something. Or like if I drank some of their Sprite, I'd be like, thank you for the Sprite. I took a can. Please forgive me. Um, so like... I didn't have a lot of interactions with the mom, but when she saw me, she was like, oh, we're friends. (laughs) So um, I didn't recognize her at first, um, but then I was talking to them, and Carly was there, and they were like, oh, we want to meet your wife. We've never met your wife, and I was like, yes, everyone always wants to meet her. She's so much better than me. Here she is. This is Carly, and they talked for a little bit, um, and then we just, like, caught up, like, basic, normal conversations, then we went to our table Um, And I was trying to, like, explain to Carly, like, the relationships and how I knew them and all this stuff. And it was just kind of confusing. And as I was telling her this, I remembered, like, this old picture I had uh, with the younger sister. Her name was Courtney. And don't put it up yet. All right. I was really hoping, like, our high school and middle school students wouldn't be here today, but some of them are no phones out. Don't take a picture of this picture, all right? Usually when I say that, that means they'll get their phone out. But um, so here's the picture. So I showed it to Carly. So that's me on the left. That's Courtney. I was probably 14, maybe 14 or 15. And uh it's funny, I like showed Carly this and I was like, isn't this crazy? Like, look at this. Because um, neither one of us look like that at all anymore. Um, but then I was just kind of like reflecting, like once I brought it up, like the rest of the night I just like thought about it, how crazy it is, like how, how different my life looks, how different of a person I am. Um, and like I said, it, I haven't been out of high school like that long. But, like, if people from my high school, like, if I met them now, it's, like, a total different person. And I just started thinking, man, God knew what I needed. Like, God knew I needed a wife to tell me to get a different haircut. (laughs) And stop wearing neon. You can't see. We had to crop the picture for the screen. I had neon socks on, too, to match that shirt which was, it was cool, it was cool back then, guys, I promise you, I promise you it was cool back then, but man, I was just reflecting on this, and like, God knew what I needed, and God knew that 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 Brad needed to be separated from relationships. He needed to be separated from certain influences in in his life. He needed to be separated from idols. He needed to be separated from hobbies. God knew. And if God would have asked me then what I needed, it wouldn't have been those things. Because that's that's not what I wanted. I might have known that's what I needed, but that wouldn't have been my answer. Because I didn't want to be separated from those relationships, from those influence, from those hobbies, from those idols. If God would have asked me what I needed then, I would have never admitted to needing those things because it's not what I wanted. I probably would have said, I need to score 45 points in our next game in the homecoming queen to finally go out with me. That would have been my answer. And thank God, that is not what God gave me and that's not what I needed. Uh, but I would have never admitted to it. And then I just started thinking about, man, how, how much life has changed since that picture. And we talked about it earlier, just a few minutes ago, but how God is in the business of putting the right people in the right place at the right time. And even when, when I didn't know what I needed, God knew what I needed. See, a few short Years after this picture, I would be in uh, Olathe, Kansas, or Lenexa, Kansas, going to school, married uh, to a beautiful woman. (laughs) Married to a beautiful woman, uh, finishing up my senior year of high school, and my mom would suddenly pass away. And I've talked about that. Um, We're not. I'm not going to dwell on it. But the beautiful thing is, all these decisions and all these moments where God was guiding me led me to be in Lenexa, Kansas. At that moment, a few short weeks after my mom passed away, um, Carly would be out taking our dog to go to the bathroom at our apartment complex, and. Uh, another couple would be out taking their dog to the bathroom, uh, and a friendship would spark. And the beautiful thing in that is God knew what we needed. Before we knew we needed it, before we even needed it, God knew what we needed. That friendship... uh, it's with a couple named Justin and Jordan. They've been here a couple of times. Some of you have met them. And, dang it. Oh, man. Man, the beautiful thing is uh, when Jordan was around my age at the time when my mom died, her mom suddenly passed away. And, man, they have been our closest friends. And in some of our darkest moments in life, they've been the ones who have loved us the hardest. And brought us through uh, times we didn't know if we would ever make it through. And it's just beautiful, man. God knew what we needed. And if God asked me then, if God asked me when my mom passed away what I needed, I wouldn't have said, we need someone to look to who's been through this. But God knew. So Elijah goes on to tell her, God knows what you need. This time next year, you will have a son. The son is born. God's promise is fulfilled. And then one day, the son is working in the field. He gets a headache and dies in the field. This mom's worst nightmare has come true. Her biggest fear, the reason she didn't want to say, I need a son, because she was scared of losing him, had happened after after God had promised her, after Elisha had prophesied over her that she would have a son, this son is taken from her. Her worst nightmare has come true. And her first response is she takes her son and rides back to Elisha. So in verse 28, we pick up and it says, Then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my lord? And didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up. Then Elijah said to to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, The child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. This woman went back to the place where the promise was first made. She went back to the person who spoke it over her. She returned to the place that she used to call here. A place that used to be uh, where she would go and hide, a place where she would feel hurt. The place she used to call here. And we all have a here. Because it also became the place that God promised her something. We all have a here. Whether it's here that God saved me. Or it was here that God called me. Or it was here that God promised me this. But the thing about fragile. You have to be careful not to forget about your here. The woman returns to her here. The here of her pain, the here of her hurting. But she still trusted that it wasn't over. Because If here is where God spoke it, here is where she was going to return to it. And why is here important? Because in the book of Joshua, Joshua was asked by God when they crossed the Jordan River to take 12 stones and build an altar here. Because what God knew is that even though they had crossed the Jordan, they were about to face Jericho. And when we face battles, we tend to run and we tend to hide. But God knew, no, you need to come back here. You need to come back to the place of your last victory and remind yourself that if God did it here, surely God can do it there. And Zechariah 1.3 says, come back to me and I'll come back to you. If you're searching for peace, if you want all the pieces of your life put back together, all you have to do is come back here. God will fix all the brokenness if you come back to him. Brian, you can come on up. Elijah then tells her, I know this doesn't look like what God promised. I know this doesn't look like my prophecy But because I said it and because it was on behalf of God, if this doesn't look like that, it just means God's not done yet. Some of you need to believe that God's not done with you yet. Some of you really need to hear that. God is not done with you yet. And what you need to do is you need to raise your staff. So Elisha tells Gehazi to grab his staff and lay it on the boy. And the interesting thing about that is, is these staffs in ancient Israel, um, they're in museums now. And a theologian went to look at them. And one thing he noticed on all the staffs, if they, have, they have little like notches in them almost, just marks in them. Almost like uh, you're measuring a little kid growing up, just little height marks. And he went out to some shepherds and asked them, why why do all these have these marks in them? What does this mean? What's the purpose of this? And what they told him is, every time we face a battle, every time we have a fight, whether it's a lion, whether it's a bear, whether it's a wolf, whether it's uh, a man, we always mark our staff. He said, Why why do you mark your staff? And they said, Because before every battle, we raise our staff before us. Because we want to lead with victory. And when we see it, We see that God was with me when I was a baby. God was with me when I was a child. God was with me when I was a teenager. God was with me when I was brokenhearted. He was with me when I was diagnosed. God was with me when I was on the streets. God was with me when I was incarcerated. He was with me when I was facing cancer, when I had no peace. God was with me. God was with me. And God was with me, and his victory will go before me. And too often, our first instinct is we raise our failures, and we raise our doubt, and our anxiety, and our fear, and our bitterness. And God's saying, leave all that behind you. Leave it all behind. Raise your staff so that victory will go before you. Elisha looks at the woman and says, it will not end like this. And man, I believe that's a word and that's a promise for somebody in the room today that it will not end like this. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what battles or what trials you're going through, but it will not end like this. Does anybody like puzzles I got a puzzle here. I really like puzzles, Um, especially like this time of year in the winter around Christmas time. um, one One of my favorite memories with my mom is that every Christmas when it would start to snow and stuff, we'd always bring up a card table from our basement, and it would just sit in our living room, and there would just be a puzzle on it all the time. Uh, and we would just work on it kind of throughout the day. And when we finished it, we would leave it up for like three days so we could admire the beauty of what we had accomplished. And then we'd tear it up, put it in the box, and uh, get a new puzzle out. Um, So I've been doing some puzzles this winter um, because it's just what I've done my whole life, and uh, I enjoy it. So Carly and I, have done some, and we actually did this one the other day and finished it. It's beautiful. It's a nice little house in the winter with two little boys walking on a sled, and, and it's beautiful. But then you open it, and it's this. And this isn't beautiful. And what, what I'm expecting is this. And what I get is this, and this doesn't look like this. And man, our life is like that a lot. What we expect from God's promises, what we think he means, and then what we're living in. And a cool thing about puzzles is that every piece matters. Right. If you if you do puzzles, um, if you get to that last piece and you're missing one, oh man, it feels like feels like it was just worthless. All that hard work for nothing, because it's not complete, and it's not as beautiful as it's as it's meant to be. And we were actually doing this puzzle, me and Carly, and uh, we were getting close to the end, and we had a couple edge pieces that we couldn't find, that I couldn't find. And you know you start with the edge pieces. And I was doing the math in my head of how many puzzle pieces we had left and how many spaces they were. I was getting mad, I, was t- I told her we need to stop now before we get to the last piece. But she had faith, we had all the pieces, we finished it, I was wrong. But every piece matters. Another thing about puzzles I've learned is is puzzles take time. They take trust and faith, right? You gotta believe that every piece is in this box. And puzzles have to be built, they have to be put together. And a lot of times in our life, we think it's our job to build our lives, that it's our job to put the pieces together. But the Bible says God will build your life. God will put it all together. So you might be thinking, what's my job then? My job is to protect the pieces. Don't lose them. So how do you lose pieces? Bitterness unforgiveness, ungratefulness, doubt, fear, and maybe today you gave your life to Jesus a long time ago, and it's time for you to come back to God, or maybe you need to welcome Jesus into your life for the first time. I promise you, not just, not just the best way to start this new year is by making that decision, but the best way to start your new life is by making that decision today. And I think sometimes our life doesn't look like this. But it looks a lot like this. And the funny thing about when things are messy is we can actually get used to it and become accustomed to it. We have a Siberian husky at our house. Those of you who know anything about dogs means that he loses more fur than he has. It doesn't make sense. So there are seasons in our house when he's shedding where we could vacuum every day, brush him every day. There's nothing we can do. There's going to be hair all over. And sometimes we have people over at our house, and they're like, "Dude, there's like a three-pound hairball in the corner over there. And we're like, oh, my God. Oh my gosh, how long has that been there? Because we become so accustomed to it. Some of our lives look like this. And we don't even realize it. We just, we just walk right through it. Because we're so accustomed to it. And I just think God is, is saying right now to people in this room, do you even realize your life is a mess right now? Do you even realize you're hurting more than you have to right now? Your life doesn't have to look like this. Your life can look like that. If you come back to God, if you say, God, you can have it all. I'm just here to protect the pieces. Let's pray. God, we want to give it all to you today, God. We want to trust you to build our life for us. We want to trust you to answer the question, what do we need? God, I pray just over every person in this room, God, That we can keep our eyes fixed on you. That where there is healing needed, you would bring a healing hand, God. And that you would lead us and guide us, not always to the things that we want, but to what we need. And we just trust that. That you'll build our life. You'll put us in the right place at the right time. And if you've never accepted Jesus into your life today, I just want to make that available for you right now. You can just pray in your own mind with me, but Jesus, I wanna give it all to you. I wanna trust you with the pieces. I'm just here to protect them. I don't wanna build my own life by my will, but I want you to build it by your will because you know what I need. I want to be in relationship with you. And I want everything to change this day going forward. In your name we pray, amen. Man, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today or to come back to God, Uh, We want to know about it, and we want to celebrate that decision with you. We'd love to meet you at the Next Steps table. After service, we want to get a Bible in your hand uh, and a devotional and just celebrate with you. And there's if you go to the Central Hub, there's a tab uh, that you can fill out to let us know uh, that you made that decision. But, man, we want to celebrate with you, so let us know, please. Let me pray over you guys one one more time, and then uh, we'll head out. God, as we go from this place, God, I just pray that we as a church and we as your people are a connecting point out in the world, a point that people see you, a point that people grow closer to you, a point that people really, truly connect to you, God. And God, I pray as we go from this place today that we go out looking a lot less like the world and a lot more like you. In your name we pray, amen. We'll see you guys next week.